Sorry to disappoint you So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like I make mistakes Like, lots of mistakes I'm just trying to do the best that I can do I guess I'm just imperfectly human Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another week. And this week, we're kind of back to the uh, regular format, no interview this week. But that does not mean we do not have good stuff to talk about. So... Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to everyone that is listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen in from, I appreciate you, you are wonderful, you are fearfully and wonderfully created, that's all I want to say, Um, so who am I? For those of you that know me and those of you who are new to the Imperfectly Human podcast, I am, as I said, your host. I am David Daly. I am the principal consultant at Yellow 8. I have been in the analytics sector for 20 years and consulting for the last 13 years. I am passionate about helping analytical leaders eliminate the blockers and achieve their organizational vision. Yellow 8 is a business dedicated to helping analytical departments structure for success. Our mission is to unblock the path to strategic analytics and data science by putting the right foundations in. To find out more about Yellow 8, please visit www.yellow8.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter at Yellow8Design. You can go to at Yellow8Design on um, Instagram, at Yellow8Design on Facebook. And that will take you to the pages. Or you can also look up at Yellow... I think it's at Yellow 8 Design on LinkedIn as well. But we are on LinkedIn as well. Basically, we're on all those uh, platforms. And you know what? Of late, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. Really great guy. Inspirational leader. um, Really great entrepreneur. And I am going to try and get him on the episode um, I'm going to try and get him on an, ep- on an episode one week because I think he's great. Um, but he is talking about TikTok and how he's using TikTok for business and how bullish he is with TikTok this year. And, you know, it's inspiring. He's younger than me, <laughs> but, you know, wisdom does not come with age. So... Um, you know, that that's me saying he's younger than me is not me trying to, to discredit him or say anything like that. No, I'm actually celebrating how wise he is at such a young age. I wish I had some of the insight that he has now when I was his age. Um, but he's great. And um, yeah, I, you know, he's got me he's got me thinking about how I could incorporate TikTok into my strategy And like I said, he is definitely someone I would love to feature on this show because, you know, he's he's approach, his strategy for content creation, how he's using social media and content um, to propel his business is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. 
Anyway, 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 what are we here for? T- today, I am talking to you about um, talent management. And let me start by saying, um, I don't want to just jump into the, the usual, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do it my way. So as you know, this podcast was created to chart my journey or it's like a personal journal of my journey as a Christian entrepreneur. What does that mean? That means that the Bible is my foundation. The Bible is my truth. The Bible is what I lean on. I believe that I um, have a purpose that God created me to fulfill and um, entrepreneurship is a part of that purpose um, and in order for me to fulfill the purpose that I was created for, I need to walk in the right way. I need to walk in the favor that um, is mine. Put simply, I believe that I am divinely favored, um, not because that's what I want to believe, but that's because what the Bi- that's what the Bible tells me, and I believe what the Bible tells me. Um, you know take with it take take that and do with it as you please but that is um i'm not going to be afraid or ashamed to proclaim what i believe um as a christian and what my and you know the faith that i have that propels me and push me pushes me forward so with that said i am going to base this um talk on talent management Um, around some scripture and scripture I am going for is from you so you can find it in two two places you can find it in Luke 19 uh, verses 11 to uh, where are we looking 11 to 27 Um, and I believe you can also find it give me a second give me a second wait for it I do know um, it is in Matthew and I believe it's Matthew 24. So I will go to Matthew 24, uh, because I actually want to read the one from Matthew. Um, nope. <laughs> and I said that with my chest. I was like, yeah, it's in Matthew 24. It's not in Matthew 24. So where is it in Matthew? Um, oh man. Now that's not that's not good. Um, I was so confident there that it was uh, Matthew Matthew twenty four. Okay, let's find it. Um, there we go, Matthew thirteen. Wow, I was way off. Um, but um, duh, 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 where is it? Oh man, again, I'm looking at the wrong parable. What is going on with me today? Um, that's not the parable I was looking for. Wow. We might end up going, we might end up using the, um, the Luke version because your boy has, uh, forgotten. I have completely forgotten where it is in Matthew. Oh, that's funny. Um, give me a second. So there's a reason why I want to go with, um, and and then this reason kind of now I'm kind of torn. So 
There's a reason why I want to go with the one in Matthew, because the one in Matthew really just speaks about the, the free people that the were given the talents um, or the money, in, so to speak. Um, the one in Luke says that the talents were given to 10 servants, um, but it only focuses on three of them. Um, and to be honest, I haven't really dissected why, because nothing to me, you know, when, when the Bible mentions something, it's not mentioned, um, oh, there we go. I was one off. It was Matthew 25. Um, so when the Bible mentions something, it doesn't mention it for just, you know, to be, um, just as a throwaway thing. So the fact that it's mentioned to 10 servants that he, you know, he had 10 bags of silver and he gave a bag of silver to each, um, to each of the servants. And then, um, but then it focuses on three of them. I find that, I find that interesting because we don't, we hear nothing about the other seven and what they did with the money that was given to them. Um, and I think I need to kind of dig into that more before I use that scripture. So today I'm just going to focus on the one that I can, I, I, I can, um, I, you know, that I feel that I've dissected and understand enough. Um, so as I said, that one is in Matthew 25 and it's from verse 14 all the way down to 30. And it says, um, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it proportion, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called to them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will now give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will now give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the ground, in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, 
even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So um, this is a scripture that or this is a parable that I've known for a very long time. I'm, acc- I'm accustomed to it. I think I've, we've t- we may have talked about it a few in, a, in season one of the Imperfectly Human podcast from a different angle. But usually um, I think, yes, that's it. Um, it was before this became the Imperfectly hu- before the Imperfectly Human podcast was actually born. It was on the Daily Perspective and um, it was an episode called The Graveyard of Talent. And we talked about it, about buried talent and buried potential. But today I have a different, I, you know, I'm looking at it from a slightly different angle because we are leaders. And as, as I say, my business, my business is to help analytical leaders struggle, um, structure for success. Now, as, analog, as leaders go, leaders have a team and your team and any business has a team, but your business is made up by your team. Your value, um, you know, you are a sum of the components of your business. Your business is the sum of its um, smaller components. Let's put it that way. That's that's the picture I want to paint. And what the, what that means is that each individual that works in your organization or that each individual that um, has joined your organization is a component piece that has a purpose and a talent. They are talents. So as a leader, you have been given talents and what you do with those talents will determine how many more talents you are given. And what I mean by that is what you do with the people that have been invested in you, what you invest in them will determine how many more people are invested in you, how many more people subscribe to your dream and your vision. So how many more people get on board with what you are doing and wanted, you know, wanting to see that vision grow and propel and it's very easy for us to become caught up in our own dreams and our own desires and forget and for us to forget that each individual has a purpose that needs to be nurtured, that needs to be watered, needs to be fed so that they can achieve their full potential. And in achieving their full potential, potential, they can um, fulfill the purpose that they, you know, the purpose fulfill the purpose that they will have in your organization or in your business or whatever their role is by unlocking that potential in them by investing in them you help them to unlock their potential that helps you grow helps your business grow um but we have different types of leaders we have leaders who understand this and their purpose, they, they understand that they need to pour into their people in order to drive things forward, in order to achieve bigger dreams, in order to achieve more success. And that can be considered a selfish reason for it. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I would challenge that a selfish person person would not even think about it to that point. Um, you know, uh, I think selfish people tend to want to take and use people up. And once they once they've used them up and they've burnt them up, they throw them away. Uh, that's what I see in um, a lot of um, leaders that I have come across, especially in the banking world. There is a lot of... Um, using up the potential of people and and completely consuming everything that they are um and then when when they have nothing left you spit them out and you move on and you find someone else to to take their place that's the that to me is not leadership that is not talent management that is not um good stewardship of the talents that you have been given and what I love about this story is, um, you know, take each of those individuals, it says, take each of those servants. They were given, they weren't given any instruction when they were given this money. They weren't given any conditions. They weren't told what to do with it. They weren't told how to use it. They weren't told where to put it, what to invest it in. They were just given this lump sum of capital. Like you have a lump sum of human capital. And they were given the freedom to look at this capital and think about the market around them and to then use it as they saw fit. Or invest it as they saw fit to generate more capital. Um, and that's the same thing that you have. As leaders, we have human capital that's given to us or that comes to us by way of recruitment. And there is no rule book as to how you use this human capital. As a leader, it's up to you to look at the vision that you have for your business or for your organization, for your department, whatever it may be, and to look at the needs of your business and your vision and your business model, um, understand the capabilities that you need and the capabilities that you have, and to structure in a way and to invest it this capital in a way that it yields a return. So I think we have... In this parable, we have the picture of two types of leaders. We have the leaders that get it. And actually, you know, yeah, let's, 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 let's call it two types. We have the leaders that get it. The leaders that truly understand investing in people and will pour into the capital that they have. Invest that capital wisely. Um, nurture it. And yield bigger returns, i.e. they grow their team, they grow their organization and they have they go from five people to ten people. Let's let's look at it that way. Or we have this team that goes from two people to four people because they have taken the capital, the human capital that they were given. They've invested solidly in it. They've reaped a return from it. And that return has resulted in increased demand and therefore a need to recruit or bring in more human capital that is one type of leader 
The second type of leader is the one that sees, hey, I've been given, I've been given this capital. Um, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bury my head in the sand, and I'm gonna put this capital to, you know, I'm just gonna tell this capital to just do what it's doing now, which may be absolutely nothing. In the parable, that was absolutely nothing. Um, he buried it in the ga- ground, took it back out when his master came and gave it back. And, you know, that's the same as someone joining your organization, joining your team, joining your department and spending 10 or 5, 10, even a year. Someone spending a year, six months, any period of time, someone spending time in your team and after that period of time, leaving your team exactly the same way that they came. In fact, I would argue that they would be leaving your team worse off because they have lost time. They've lost time being in your team and no, nothing has been poured into them. No, They have not developed, they have not grown, but they have expended energy time um and then that their own resource to work maybe aimlessly for you because there is no vision there is no guidance there is no direction um or you know they just haven't grown in any way that would be a sad state of affairs that would be a real disappointment and i i think that kind of leader does exist. We have a lot of people out there that have this human capital in their teams that doesn't grow. They don't offer them the, the right training. They don't offer up, offer them the right support. They don't offer them the guidance that they de- they need. They don't develop them. They don't offer them mentorship. Um, they don't look at the strengths of these individuals and look at the talents of these individuals and think, hey, if I nurture this guy, if I pour into this lady, if I, if I give them the support that they need, they can become something amazing, someone amazing, someone great, a great leader, an asset. Um, They don't do that. And it's a shame. It's a shame. And it's kind of what inspired this episode for me. Um, I listened to, I, I read this scripture. I was going through my daily readings and this scripture came up and I thought, hey, this really does relate to how we handle ourselves in business. So what I'm going to give you is my um, my top tips, <laughs> my top tips for talent management. So um or what I believe, what I believe people should be looking at when it comes to talent management. So um, let's kick it off. So number one, uh, and I've put this as why I think. So let me let me rephrase that. This this is not my five top tips, but this is the five reasons why I think talent management is important. So number one. As I've said this before, a business is nothing without the people who work for the business. Your staff, your team, 
are the face of your business. They are the cogs in your business. They are the gears. They are uh, the critical components within your business. And um, as I said, they are also the face of your business. They interact with your customers. The energy is interpreted, their energy, sorry, is interpreted as the energy of your business. Think about that. So if you have a team that are low energy, your business is viewed as low energy. If you have a business that is um, um, a team that are uninspired, your business is viewed as uninspiring. Your brand is viewed as uninspiring. Um, that energy is interpreted as your business's energy. Uh, they present your brand to customers and potential and to potential customers. So you need to value them so they value you. So what I believe is that the more you invest in someone, the more you value the individuals within your team, within your organization, the more energy that you pour into them, the more positivity that you pour into them, the more um, support that you give them, the more positivity and the more energy they have for your business. The more they believe in, in your brand, the more they buy into your brand, they, the more they buy into your vision because they see that you are invested in making them better. So they are invested in making you better. They are invested in making your business better. And that positive energy is transferred or is transferred to your customers and potential customers. They receive that positive energy from your people because they see that these people are valued. So I think it's super important to just at a minimum value your people. Um, don't assume that, you know, them having a job is value enough because some people do believe that. And given where we are in society, I'm shocked that people still believe that the, the work, work society has changed, you know. We are in an age where Gen Z, let's let's call it Gen Z, do not believe that, you know, they do not they don't have the same vision as Gen X. They these guys are and the next generation are even worse. They do not view um, work in the way that we do. They they the concept of a job for life does not exist with them. It never has and it never will. Um even the concepts of getting a job is, you know, is not something that they, a lot of them aspire to. The, they are the generation of side hustles. So they may get a, a, a primary job to fund a passion. And then once that passion kicks in, they skedaddle and they are, they become entrepreneurs. They push and they create opportunities for others or they just create um, I'll call them a life. They are a lifestyle workforce. So meet that. What I mean by that is they work um, around their lifestyle. Their lifestyle is the most important thing to them. And their work is designed to fit the lifestyle that they want to live. 
That is completely different to the generations before them who worked to try and fund and create a a lifestyle. These guys focus on lifestyle and turning lifestyle into business or turning lifestyle into career. Very different mindset. So if you try and use the old methodologies for valuing these individuals, you're going to get it completely wrong because those things don't resonate with them. They're not interested in your pension plan and all of that kind of stuff. They all all the promises that you know the older generations used to look at. Oh yeah, it gives, it's, I've got a great pension plan. I've got a great retirement. Um, you know, I've got great career progression. I'll be in management by the, in the next twenty years, and then executive. I'll be at executive level if I keep on top of things for you know another another 20 years then you know by then I should be part of uh, the board they are not looking at nah ain't no one trying to be nowhere for 40 years now I'm just that's just my opinion anyway um so moving on moving on uh second one um second reason why I think talent management is important a paycheck is no longer the number one element of the value exchange. Think about that. Let that sink in. Before, people thought that the the paycheck that they gave you was enough to keep you. Hey, as long as the salary is good, they will be happy. Um, So anyone can go anywhere right now and they can get a check. I can, you can go to McDonald's and get a check. You can go to Burger King. You can go to um, Sainsbury's. You can go to Tesco. You can go to um, JD Sports or Foot Locker, wherever. You can go, you can go, or, you know, let's push it a bit higher. You can go to JP Morgan or you can go to Barclays or HSBC or um, um, Standard Chartered, whatever. You can go out there and get a job and get a check yeah you can do that but that once you got a check what else um i think today employees want and they deserve an investment in them um especially if you expect them to invest in your business remember these people are investing their talents into your business um a graphic designer in your business is investing his talent. Um, someone with a head for numbers is investing their talent. Someone with a head for strategy is investing their talent. These people are investing their talent in your business. What are you investing in them in return? A paycheck is not enough because you are paying them for their time and their skills. So... If they, if they, if, if all they cared about was the monetary exchange, they can achieve that by themselves by going out and working for themselves. They can create however much income they want by doing that for themselves. So, what are you giving them? And this is where truly understanding what drives and what motivates the people that work for you. This is where true leadership kicks in. Where. How much time are you investing in understanding the talent in your team? How much time are you investing 
in understanding their aspirations, their dreams? Um, do you have an entrepreneur program? Because there are many people with great and wonderful ideas that could transform your business, but because they're not being invested in, um, you know, that doesn't happen. So, you know, what, stop thinking that a paycheck is enough to keep some, to, you know, is enough for the value exchange. It's the most basic element of the value exchange now. Um, so next one, number three, the more you invest in your team, the more, or oh, sorry, the more you, inv- you invest in your team, the better your business performs. Um, so pretty simple, really. The more you upskill your team, the more you invest in nurturing the t- their talent, the, the better they become. Um, so helping people develop their technical and soft skills, create a more, creates a more rounded individual who is more motivated, operates better and adds more value. Um, you know, more in, more out basic principle. Um, you know, you can obviously, (laughs) so if we think about capitalism or, uh, is it, is, is it, is it? Is it capitalism that's caused this? But generally, we look at people, the way businesses operate is they want to put in the bare minimum and maximize their output. That's a lot of businesses. And that is no different to how they manage talent. That is evident because a lot of businesses do not invest in their people. They believe that they can get they want to get as much out of a person by putting as little into them as possible. But the world has changed. Uh, I repeat, Gen Z do not operate this way. Um, Gen Z will give you more the more you give to them, the more you invest in them, the more you um, pour into them. And that's that doesn't always have to be something monetary. So some people value... Um, the ability to to balance and work flexible, balance their life and works flexibly, especially single parents or um, people with, um, you know, family or elderly family to look after and things like that. Sometimes the standard nine to five hours doesn't work for them. But that doesn't mean that they won't get the work done. They just want the flexibility to work hours that fit around the, their family life so can you accommodate that um, number two some people just want the freedom to work from home and they find they're more productive from home why do so many organizations take issue with that uh, there's so much technology out there that you can use to monitor if people are actually working but also the more you trust your employees the more you know I think that results in a more a, a, a positive response and you get better results because actually because you're trusting them they choose to ensure that they are not abusing that trust um but that's another thing um some people want more training and they they just want you to pour um into their training plan some people want mentorship uh, because they have a vision and they want to get somewhere in the organization and they just want a a mentor that can help them on this leadership journey. Um, I think you should never be afraid that someone is going to outgrow your organization. 
as a leader, you should not be afraid that you are going to mentor someone and they become bigger and better than you. That should always, a true leader should focus on preparing the next leader. They should never be afraid that there is going to be a leader that will replace them. There needs to be a leader that will replace you. You should you should see every person that you are leading as someone with the potential to replace you. And when you see someone with that talent, you nurture that talent. It's a very selfish mindset to look at someone and think, hey, this person has the potential to be great. I know what I'll do. I'll stifle them and make sure that they, you know, they never become too big for their boots because that's how some people think. Anyway, number four, recognizing and nurturing talent drives innovation and growth. There are many people in business who have great ideas but feel they have no voice. So these ideas either remain in their heads or they take them elsewhere because the op- because an opportunity is presented, creating safe spaces for employees to share and develop ideas leads to innovation. Um, and I don't know how how much more I can say about that one, but I truly believe that if you have an entrepreneur program, if you have a forum where people can generate and create ideas and share these ideas and you have incubator programs um, within your organization to help nurture these ideas to, you know, to create new products and new services or new, better ways of doing things. Um, brown bag sessions to, for for people that have innovative ideas to share these ideas but it always comes back to if someone shares an idea make sure you invest or you follow up that idea with them if it's a good idea invest in the idea give the person ownership of the idea give help them develop the skills um to turn to to, so they learn how to take an idea from idea stage through to implementation stage teach them how to go to to go through the due diligence process of vetting their ideas how to do a risk assessment on their ideas invest in your people that have ideas because these ideas can lead to innovative ways of working which can lead to innovation and growth in your business um or they can lead to um, efficiency savings in your business. Either way, invest in the ideas of these people. Uh, number five, reduced churn, and I think this is a, this is probably this is probably well. If you want to look at, at talent management from the most again from the most selfish perspective. Um, then maybe reduce churn and it's probably why it's one is my last one but reduce churn is probably the most selfish aspect but why is reduce churn important because the recruitment process is not cheap it costs money to recruit individuals it it costs money to get their IT in place to get um to sort out all the HR and people responsibilities, to everything that needs to happen to create a role and to put someone in a role is a costly process. So therefore, you don't, you know, most people don't realize that businesses don't break even on the cost of hiring a person in the first year. Your first year salary 
probably doesn't cover what it costs to recruit you. When you think about all the basic benefits like sick pay and all those things that go into it, that that cost isn't recruited in the first year. So if you get recruit someone and they leave in the first year, that's a problem because you then do it again and then you got cost upon cost upon cost. Um, anyway, but um, reduce churn. Most people leave an or- leave an organization when they do not feel valued or do not see an opportunity for growth or progression. Financial compensation is generally not the biggest factor anymore, as most people would have weighed up weighed this up before accepting an initial offer. So again, going back to that thing about the paycheck not being enough, um, I know for a fact that if if I'm being offered um, a consulting opportunity and we're talking budgets and we're talking um, what they afford, what they can afford to spend for my involvement in the project, we're talking about the duration of the project. I do the numbers. If the numbers do not stack up, I say thanks but no thanks unless you can meet me at my number. So I've already weighed up the cost before I'm before I step into a project. Um, when I was employed, I did the same thing. Before I accepted a job offer, I knew what my monthly expenditure was. I knew what I needed as a basic to live. So I didn't even bother applying for things that, you know, weren't going to cover my basic, my basic costs. Um, I inquired about that as early as possible because I didn't want to waste anyone's time and I didn't want anyone wasting my time. Um, But yeah, if you invest in your people, you reduce churn. Again, don't think about it based on numbers. It's not always about the money. It's about the wider opportunities. It's about the value. It's about people feeling valued in the organization. It's about people feeling... um, some other type of reward for the effort that they put in so you know that's that's where people need to look but anyway those were my five top five reasons why i think talent management um is important um i hope you enjoyed the link back to the, the scripture and how um the scripture inspired this viewpoint and um i'm gonna keep trying to create this sort of content for you if you enjoyed this please let me know send me an email um you know comment on instagram whatever it may be but um i'm gonna line up as i said i'm gonna try and line up some really good interviews especially that guy from instagram i'm not gonna give away his name um but i will be back next week with another episode for your ears Um, And you can continue to tune in on your favorite streaming platforms. And please do not forget to share. God bless. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast. You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.